It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Heat. On today's show, we digest the news that LeBron is headed to L.A. and what it means for the Heat. Then we open up the mailbag to talk what's happened in free agency and what the Heat could do next. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the NBA for the Step Back, and I write for the Miami Heat's tip-off magazine. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Romillo, credentialed NBA writer who has covered the Heat and league at large for SB Nation and Fansided. You can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRomillo13. We're opening up the mailbag to talk free agency and what's next for the Miami Heat this summer. But the number one storyline that everyone is talking about, David, is that LeBron is headed back to L.A. Or not headed back to L.A., but heading to L.A. Clutch Sports announced Sunday that LeBron signed a four-year deal with the Lakers. There's a lot to digest here, and we'll talk about it from a lead-wide perspective on today's uh, Locked On NBA. So if you want that, you can head over there. But let's talk about let's let's talk about what this means for the Miami Heat, and we'll do that by playing a game of true or false because that's I think the best way to do it. Um, so, David, true or false? At the start of the summer, the Heat had a realistic chance at getting LeBron. False. Uh, I think that's pretty clear now. You know, we we assumed that Miami would have a shot at landing LeBron because we put a lot of faith in Pat Riley, and rightfully so, in his ability to move contracts, clear the sufficient cap space to maybe accept a superstar and obviously somebody that has some link to the organization. But there's no proof that that relationship, which was so frosty in 2014, has healed. Things have happened in that in the four-year span since then. Obviously, things with Chris Bosh have both cooled off and warmed up a little bit, similarly with Dwayne Wade. But as far as LeBron is concerned, I don't know that there's any kind of reparation between the repara- uh, the the you know the, the 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 relationship between LeBron and Pat Riley and the rest of the front office, and so while I'm sure he has a connection to South Florida, having had some pretty good times here, and you know obviously still spending time here with Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam whenever he's in town, you know I, I don't see that he has any true connection to this franchise, and so when you look at the possible destinations. I think he was pretty clearly set on going to Los Angeles. I think that's been rumored mm-hmm. for a while. And, and usually with those kind of rumors being in place for as long as they've been, I think there's some there was some truth to that for a long time uh, that he was he felt that Los Angeles was the best place for him. Maybe he was willing to entertain the, uh, the option of signing with Houston or maybe going to a, an Eastern Conference team like Philadelphia or Boston if they were willing to accept his contract. But the fact that he pretty quickly announced... Or, or indicated to the Cleveland Cavaliers that he would not opt into his contract, meaning that they couldn't facilitate a sign and trade to make more deals possible, means that he was going to sign with one team that he could that had the salary cap space available to do so. There were only a handful of teams that were capable of this, Cleveland among them, um, you know, Philadelphia, and of course Los Angeles. So that limited his options. So I, I think it's pretty clear 
that as much as we would have liked to, and I personally would have loved to have seen LeBron back in Miami, I don't think he ever really entertained that notion. I agree. I, I think that there was a uh, always trust in Pat Riley contingent of Heat fans who believed it was it was possible, and maybe that is a group of Heat fans that maybe they're, they're the more casual fan. They're not the guy. They're, they're not the people that are getting into the salary cap and looking at the trade machine and understanding how. Or understanding what the luxury taxes and imp- and the implications of that and where the heat were in regards to it, mm-hmm. I that was just never an option. It was just never an option. And I kept saying, I kept seeing things, you know, in podcasts and online about not even related to the heat, but if if LeBron wants to go there, like don't pay attention to salary cap space because if LeBron wants to go to that team, that team will figure out a way to make it happen. And I kind of just always disagreed with that notion entirely because let's say LeBron did want to go to Miami, mm-hmm. right? If it was an option, how does Miami make the cap space? What you just attach all of your your assets and prospects and and draft picks to 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 contracts like Deion Waiters and James Johnson and just trade them? It has been extremely difficult for anybody to do anything like that right. this this summer. I mean, Houston probably had a realistic shot at LeBron. I don't know what the percent chance is, but they had a more realistic shot at, my, at LeBron than Miami did. Probably. And we saw that they had no way of moving the contracts. Like, they couldn't move Ryan Anderson. They couldn't make the moves necessary necessarily to create enough cap space to sign him or even trade for him. Um, and, and so I just don't buy that it was really an option, even if maybe even if LeBron wanted to go to Miami. There's a chance they may have figured it out, but it would have taken completely stripping the, ros- the, the roster of all of its young, talented players and, and assets to, to go get other players that I don't see a reason why LeBron would have came here if that were the case. And so uh, I just never saw it as an option. It was never realistic, and I actually feel bad for Heat fans who, who were in any way, shape, or form disappointed by LeBron's decision to go. I was among them, Wes. Miami. What are you talking about? You feel sorry for me? Is, that, is this I a do. pity podcast? I just, why, even get your, why even get your hopes up? It was just not an option. It, it was, was just, a beautiful was dream. Never. Don't take it from me. Just go back and, and watch highlights of the 2012 finals. Um, sure. True or false, LeBron signing with the Lakers is good for the Heat. Ooh, that, that's a tough one to digest. There's a lot of nuance to it. Mm. I guess at, at the macro level, you know, obviously losing out on, on, on any chance of acquiring him mm. hurts Miami in the short term. But as far as his signing with Los Angeles impacts Miami more directly, it's the biggest domino in the Eastern Conference to fall. And as a result, Miami could potentially move up higher in the playoffs should they make the postseason? You know, obviously there's a clearing of the logjam at the top of the Eastern Conference with LeBron gone. So maybe you're competing against teams like Boston and Philadelphia, Toronto, perhaps, if they're able to make another run for the Eastern Conference front, uh, crown. So I guess that's a good option. And then as you're pointing out, I, I believe you're, you're, I'm, you're setting me up to point out to you that there's the option of maybe pillaring some of their potential free agents, or, or not free agents, but rather some of the players that are already on Cleveland's roster that might bolster Miami's chances as well. But I, I guess you could say that it is a good thing for the Heat in the short, in the long term, if not in the short term. I agree. I think it's a great thing for the Heat. It's a great thing for the 76ers. It's a great thing for the Celtics. It's the best. It's the best thing that's happened to the Toronto Raptors in a decade. It's. Yeah. It, they should have kept Wayne Casey. He could have probably should, <laughs> finally got him to Eastern about. Conference. Yeah, they look stupid now. Um, I, it's it's great for the entire Eastern Conference in the in the way that now it's wide open. And I don't know how wide open it is. It depends on what the Celtics look like when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward come back. Right. Depends on the next steps that Philadelphia takes here. Uh, but it is certainly open. I mean, for the first time, 
in eight years, right? We're gonna have a non-LeBron team come out of the East, and we're guaranteed that at the at the at the least. So, um, the other the other things to consider here is, like you mentioned, what happens with the rest of these guys that that Cleveland has. I mean, yeah, you've got veterans there that are already in place, and they, and they might start reshuffling the deck, rebuilding even. Um, and the athletic uh, the athletics Jason Lloyd is reporting that they could be open to trading Kevin Love, and if you're if you're the Heat, I think you've got to be open to any all-star type player. And I want to go back to a podcast we, from, I think, last week. You and I were talking about the idea that the Heat aren't aren't likely getting a superstar player. They didn't get LeBron, probably not getting Kawhi from the, from, you know, the reports and the rumors that we're hearing right now. And I don't know who else is really an option. But we talked about the idea of just getting another all-star. Yeah. Not a superstar, not a franchise-changing talent. Just another, like somebody who can make an all-star team, and that is that could be a, a substantial upgrade for the Heat. And one of those guys is on the Cavaliers right now, and that's Kevin Love. And I do wonder if the Heat should probably, I, I wonder if they should put their chips in the table and say, "This is what we got. Take it or leave it for Kevin Love." Now I don't know what it would take. Would it, maybe it would be, I mean, I'm sure Cleveland would try to to get rid of some salary. Maybe you have to get a third team like the Kings or the Hawks involved in order to make that happen. But do you offer them a young asset or a future draft pick? Maybe the 2019 pick and a nice player who's making a little bit less than Kevin Love. I don't know. But but do you think that, that Pat Riley should be on the phone and seeing what the Heat could get uh, or what the Heat could trade for Kevin Love? Absolutely. I, I think that's a great idea. I, I mean, I'm a personally a big fan of Kevin Love, and I, I feel like he would be a great fit there. I think he's not a franchise-altering player. He's a good foundational piece, though. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he can go through the last four years the way he did and 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 keep, you know, stay true to who you are as a person and a player without, you know, it's it's being forged by the fire of being close to LeBron for four years. And, and, and I think he's learned as a result. I think he understands how to adapt to his role. And at this point, he's kind of, you know, un, he's uh, numb to the criticism because he certainly got it throughout his whole, whole career, whether he was you know, pudgy and, 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 you know, putting up gaudy stats in Minnesota, meaningless empty stats and not making the playoffs or coming to Cleveland and not being the kind of player that was supposed to help, not Chris Bosh, let's say. That was one of the criticisms right. that he always faced. But I think he could certainly add to Miami as, again, a foundational piece, somebody that could help lure a superstar because you've already got a really, really good player on the roster. Uh, I don't know that we'd look to him to be a team leader because I just don't think that Kevin is that kind of guy. I just I think he's more quiet. He's kind of more an introvert than anything else. But he would go out there, knock down threes occasionally, pull down big rebounds. He could be used in the low posts because he certainly has that as part of his game. A lot of elbow yep. touches to free up the offense. I think um, he, he'd be a great fit to be honest with you. And I think his defensive problems, of which they're certainly there, I think those could be masked a little bit more with a team like Miami that has an overall greater commitment to defense than Cleveland ever did. You know, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I think that Kevin Love's personality would really fit with Miami. This, this new Miami Heat, not as flashy, obviously, as the right. big three, right. led by guys like Goran Dragic and Udonis Haslam, right. kind of nose to their ground, grit and grind kind of guys. Love would fit that really well. He would certainly fit that better than a guy like Hassan Whiteside. Now, I want to oh, just yes. I want to stop any mailbag questions right now. Do not send them. Do not send Hassan Whiteside for Kevin Love. 
do not send that trade request. It is not happening. There is zero chance that the Cavaliers do it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. Are you sure? No, I am. You really don't think so? Like, like hundred percent, no way they do it. Okay, how about this? How about this? How about this? Just as a theoretical, because I know you love those. Bam Adebayo, a future first, Hassan Whiteside, and Tristan no. Thompson, and no. Kevin Love. No. no, 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 no. Fair enough. Because the the Cavaliers aren't getting off of any money, and I know I see no reason for them to do that for just some middle of the pack first round pick. There's just no way. Okay. Um, so I think this is not they, an option. So we're we're talking about this for no. No, reason I think whatsoever. what we would be looking at is a first round. I well, that's the next, what is Kevin Love's value? I think Kevin Love's value is a nice first round pick and a good player, and and Cleveland getting off of some salary. I think they'd move Kevin Love for that because really they have no other option. But we couldn't accept it then because we don't have the the salary caps. You have to, to get a third team involved. We would have to. So I think it would take, I think it would take for Miami realistically, uh, a pr- the price would probably be Kelly Olynyk or a player like that, maybe hmm. even Goran Dragic. Hmm. But I don't see why Miami would do that. So maybe like Kelly Olynyk, who would be a little bit redundant of Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Kelly Olynyk, a first round pick to Cleveland. Kevin Love comes to Miami, and then Miami sends an additional future first-round pick, probably pretty heavily protected, a future first-round pick and a salary like a Dion Waiters or a James Johnson to Atlanta or Sacramento to clear a little bit of cap space. Hmm. And so you'd have the the uh, Cavaliers picking up around $15 million in cap space plus a future pick, and then Miami creating enough space in order to uh, bring in Kevin Love. And I would, I would strongly consider it if I were the Heat. I would. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But I at mean, given, 29, yeah, given at 29 years youth, old with yeah. two more years, yeah. I actually, yeah, maybe Olenek might be a better player um, at that point, or a better option at that point for the price that you're getting them at. Um, well, we'll get to some mailbag questions when we come back after this break about what else the Heat could do this summer. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back with Locked On Heat, we'll talk about some of the free agents the Heat missed out on later on. Let's start with this mailbag question from PJ who writes in, I think I'm slowly coming around to the fact that D-Wade is the reason we even had meetings with any top free agents like Kevin Durant, Gordon Hayward, LaMarcus Aldridge, etc. I guess the better question is, once D-Wade retires, why would any all-star player want to come here besides the money? Look at the quote-unquote mecca of basketball as in the Knicks slash the Garden. No one wants to play there because they don't have an all-star player. Now... I'll, I'll add to PJ's comment there. Nobody wants to play for the Knicks also because they're owned by James Dolan and because they've been completely incompetent since Pat Riley left. But I think you and I have talked about this subject quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, is it more Pat Riley? Was it more Dwayne Wade? I'm starting to also feel like it was a little bit... I don't know what it... I should rephrase that. I don't know what it was. I think it was obviously some sort of combination of all things. Okay. Miami just being Miami. Dwayne Wade being friends with LeBron and Chris Bosh in 2010. Pat Riley no, understanding very much the way that Rob Palinka just did for the Lakers, how to create the infrastructure in order to bring a player like LeBron in and, and just sort of sell him on that over a, a year or two period I, from afar. That all has something to do with it, but I think right now, the way players are moving outside of LeBron, who basically moved to L.A. just to go to the L.A., 
But outside of that, players are we see Paul George staying because of Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma. Like right now, all star players, superstar players like Dwayne Wade was. That's the reason players move, I think. And and so I agree right now with PJ. If they don't have that superstar player, it's going to be really tough for Miami to uh, go in and get one of those guys. It's I've been banging that drum for a while as far as Wade's influence. I mean, Shaq doesn't come here in 2004 without mm-hmm. Wade. Uh, and, you know, obviously LeBron and Chris don't come here in 2010. Um, you know, I don't know even I don't even think Luol Deng comes here in 2014 without him. And and that's just the kind of influence that he's had. So. I think he certainly gets or should get the bulk of the credit for those moves having been made. I think there's also a structure in place there that it does appeal to players. And that's where you have to consider. Look, I mean, PJ mentioned Hayward in his question. That's erroneous, though. Dwayne Wade wasn't on this roster when Gordon Hayward got the meeting or took a meeting with Miami. So that's the kind of thing that you're you're looking for. You're looking for a player like Gordon Hayward who's maybe made a name for himself, but is looking to make a bigger name for himself and possibly take his game to that next potentially championship level. Uh, again, like a, a Kevin Love, perhaps, or somebody like that, who is a good foundational piece, if not a super duper star, you know, at the top pinnacle of the NBA, but somebody who's looking to capitalize on a very good and steady situation. And I think that's what Miami has to offer. On top of one, South Florida, as we talked about more recently with Anthony Chang of the Palm Beach Post, you know, there's a great appeal for a 25-year-old young man that has millions of dollars in his bank account to spend it in South Florida, especially with a state that does not have income tax. So those are very appealing factors. Um, and then as far as the basketball operations is concerned, you want to go to a franchise that can help take your game to another level. It's not just something that appeals to guys on the fringes like James Johnson or you know, Michael Beasley or et cetera. It appeals to guys who are maybe just shy of reaching that next level of, of superstardom or stardom. And I think that's what the appeal is. So I think the Knicks situation, as you pointed out, obviously not fair to make a comparison to because it has been so dysfunctional. Going through a number of coaches, going through front office execs from, from you know, Isaiah Thomas to Phil Jackson, you know, that, that whole thing has been a disaster for many, many years. That's not... I mean, I'm sure players would still love to play in New York, given if they had a much more stable front office. So that's something that is, you know, appealing for Miami is that you've got a family-oriented group there as far as Mickey Harrison and his son Nick is concerned. You've got Pat Riley, who's been there for 20-something years. You've got Spolstra, who worked his way up from the organization. So that's a sense of stability and, and again, also championship success that is certainly appealing. So I, I think... Miami is still a good option for a player. It has to be the right player, somebody who's on those fringes of superstardom and looking to take their game to another level. And the Heat have to win. I mean, every fan base, I think, likes to compare their team in some way, shape, or form to the Boston Celtics and the success that they've had in in building what they have right now over the last few years. Um, And one thing that Boston did, yeah, they had an all-star like Al Horford, but Al Horford is far from that player that everybody is flocking to play with. But you know he, was who, a, he was an all-star. You know who would have uh, been great in Miami, given that kind of uh, that situation that would have been perfect for him? Chris Vic- Bosh. Victor Oladipo. Oh, Oladipo. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. a guy who can take I mean, up, he can fill in the void for Wade. He can follow in Wade's footsteps. You know, he played for Tom Crean the same way Wade did. He loves training in South Florida, as you reported on. I mean, it would have been a perfect fit for him to say. Unfortunately, the, the, the Pacers didn't have, they or the saw Heat didn't have the Paul George. Side, well, right? the, and, the, and the Heat didn't have Paul George to trade for Victor Oladipo. Very good point. Very good point. Um, so we have to look but, at somebody like that, then. I wonder if there are other yeah. players 
who are on the fringes. Is Dame Lillard somebody like that? Is CJ McCollum? Oh, that well, he's already player? a superstar. But CJ McCollum, you know, I'm all in on. If the Heat could trade anything for CJ McCollum, I say do it now. Um, we've talked about Andrew Wiggins possibly being that. Absolutely. I mean, Oladipo, we talk about what what he was in in that year in Oklahoma City, and he was Bad. an overpaid. Bust like, and that is essentially good. what Andrew Wiggins looks like right now. You wonder if Wiggins has that same sort of drive that Oladipo had to just sort of get better internally because Oladipo started on the path to getting better before he was even traded to Indiana. He was he, I believe, he was due for a big season in Oklahoma City. Probably not as big as Indiana because he, he would still never have to yeah, deal with Russell Westbrook. Have, exactly, but he was he was I think on on the verge of a better year. And so, but you know, obviously, you gotta you gotta combine that with the right basketball fit. Overall, I just when it comes down to it, Miami, if they just start winning, it opens up a lot of different avenues. Just start winning more games, and I don't know, like I, easier said than done, obviously. Sure. But you look at what Boston was able to do by just w- getting into the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're able to track Gordon Hayward, and then they're able to make a move. Al for Kyrie Horford Irving. before that, but and and well, Al Horford before that, yeah. I mean, they're just. They're getting up there, and you just you start getting guys, and you start you just start building slowly, or even even Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies from a few years ago. Yeah, you've got some all star players, maybe not superstars, but all star players who are really good at their jobs, like Mike Conley and Marcus yeah. Saul and Zach Randolph, and then all of a sudden you're winning at a high level, fifty wins a fifty wins a season, and you're able to sign a guy like Chandler Parsons to a huge contract. And now you laugh at that Chandler Parsons contract now, but when you when at he signed time, it, yeah. he was one of the top two-way players in the league. Right. He was, I mean, he was a, a top 30, 40 player in the league when he signed that deal. Yeah. It's just Perfect stretch completely for derailed his career. Yeah, they, they, I mean, Dave Fisdale was talking about move, playing Parsons at the LeBron right. position and, and Gasol at the Bosch position. I mean, right. there's a reason for that. So I feel like that's sort of the, like if the Heat could just sort of start winning more games and, and sort of resemble those grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies, you could, and, and eventually, a few years from now, cap space will open can up. I, and can I just add one thing here? Yeah. I, I'm not thinking about it. That move for Hassan Whiteside over Al Horford could have been a, 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 a huge, monumental pivot point there for Miami. If they had signed Horford, they would have continued to win. They could have adapted better defensively. He, he spaces the floor in a way Hassan never will. Mm-hmm. It could have was been that even a... on the table. Do we feel like that was on the table? Oh yeah, no. I think it's been reported that he had interest in South Florida. It yeah, was never reciprocated. Boston, you know, because his dad played at the University of Miami. Because That's he true. has a home He's in South here. Florida. His wife lives in South Florida. She was a Miss Venezuela, if I'm not mistaken. You're There's right. A huge we had the inside Latino track. community. Oh up. my God, it would have been a perfect fit. We screwed that up. Absolutely. Now I now I dislike Whiteside even more. <laughs> Sorry, right. I went down that path. Though. Well, the Heat are going to be in the conversation for another big name free agent, and that's Wayne Ellington. Uh, at the time of this recording, he's still a free agent. We'll talk about what will happen with him when we come back after this break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back with Locked On Heat, let's get to our final mailbag question here. It comes from Mark, who writes in, The Heat are going to continue to handcuff our, themselves with overpaying for Ellington, aren't they? We could, just, we could have just replaced him with... 
McBuckets, and or Stauskas. Referring to, of course, Doug McDermott, who Doug signed McDermott, or is yeah. going to sign a three-year, $21 million deal with the Indiana Pacers. And Nick Stauskas, formerly of the University of Michigan and the Brooklyn Nets, who has reportedly accepted an offer with the Portland Trailblazers, who are going through their very own salary cap hell themselves. Mm. So, you know, it, it's an interesting question. I kind of waffle on this myself because I, I love Ellington. Uh, you know, I think he's a great fit here. Watching his transformation from one of those guys on the fringes to a player who's become not just very useful, but almost essential, especially in Miami's offense, has been fantastic. That great podcast from, you know, SI. Uh, on Wayne Ellington and what it meant to him to kind of grow in Miami and, and, and take his game to another level. Speaks so much about heat culture and Ellington as a person and as a player and his ability and willingness to take, to do all the work that was necessary. Um, those are fantastic things. I don't know that we were ever really, I don't think we could have ever signed either McBuckets or Stauskas. I don't think they were really, or they were realistic options. I don't think you'd want to pay them any kind of money, really. I mean, what money? What money could you have offered them? The mid-level exception? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you couldn't have offered McDermott the same thing that the Pacers offered him because they Miami didn't have that money. The Pacers right. had a lot of cap space to do that. Right. Now, would you rather have McDermott at three years at seven million a year on average over I, Ellington I, I, at I what it not. probably cost? Yeah, I, I think so. You, you would not. rather have McDermott at that cost, just because of his. I, I think if you're the Heat, where you're at, you just you want a young player with some upside, and that's not necessarily Wayne Ellington for one year. Give me Ellington every day of the week over over McDermott, who's that's not fair. been that impressive as a. But you know, if you want somebody uh, who could potentially grow into your system, McDermott makes sense. But Miami didn't have that, and so you're right; it wasn't really an option for them because all they had was the mid level exception or the minimum. And and I think right now it looks like Pat Riley is reserving the MLE for Dwayne Wade. And, okay. and otherwise, they'll figure out afterwards what they could do with it. And as far as Ellington, the only reason he's on the table is because they have his early bird rights. Mm-hmm. And so that, and they could potentially go over the luxury tax apron to, to, to bring him back in. Do you and want that's them the to resign? decision that they have to make right now. Do you want him to I, resign? No. No, I don't. Because I, I, I really do like Wayne Ellington. I, I, he was a lot of fun last year. But at the end of the day, they relied too much on Wayne Ellington. Mm-hmm. And... And there was that, that that there was always that every game there was that period between the third and fourth quarter those mm-hmm. first couple of minutes of the fourth or those last few minutes of the third where the Heat's offense would just go into a lull they'd bring Ellington in off the bench right. and they'd ask him to shoot him out of it and I thought that they got over reliant on it to be oh, honest absolutely. and I, I just think that you let if you let Ellington walk you've got to find another way to generate offense and maybe that's just Deion Waiters coming back maybe yeah you're assuming that. that they can find another way they there might not be any other option other than Ellington well I want to I want to see what we can get from a guy like Tyler Johnson Oof. and let's see if he can start earning a little bit more of that money in the, in the first year that his contract balloons to 19 million can we start because they ran the same plays for Tyler Johnson as they did for Wayne Ellington coming off of screens coming off of the elbow uh, dribble handoffs and asking him to catch and shoot. Now, he can't do it as well as Wayne Ellington, but Wayne Ellington's one of the best in the league at it. Right. Can you get something like it? Can you start getting what you paid for, or at least some some of it, back from Tyler Johnson? Can you get something like that from Ronnie Magruder, who has developed into a nice catch-and-shoot player? Can you get some three-point shooting from a guy like Derek Jones Jr., who Miami just signed to a two-year deal? Can you ask him to, to develop in that regard? Hmm. You just need to start getting things from other places, and I just... At some point, you gotta let Ellington walk and just say, "Let's start. Let's start doing what we did with this team in the first place, and just start developing guys." You're gonna lose something when you lose Ellington. Miami's going to take a step back, but in the process of taking that step back, maybe they could take a step forward because this team's not gonna have any cap space for the next couple of years, and you might as well try to find something else on this roster that's at a bargain price. 
You know, a good a, a great fit for Wayne Ellington would be the Los Angeles Lakers. I thought about it. He'd be a great fit. It's not going to happen at this point because they got KCP. But I thought they should have brought Ellington back. At they don't have a any cap price. space for. To, I know they've got two million dollars. Right yeah, they got two million dollars in cap space right now. If they if they bring Randall back, but yeah. um, it would have been a great fit. I agree. I think Indiana would have been a good fit um, for him too. I, I think there's a lot of guys. I mean, the Warriors could be in play for Wayne Ellington. I'd well, love Philadelphia to see resigned JJ Reddick, so I mean, you know, obviously every team. But they lost Marco spot. Bellinelli. Ellington would be great in Philadelphia. Yeah, isn't he yeah. from there? He is. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Hometown discount, maybe before then. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, uh, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us uh, by email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLLHeat. Support the show by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash LockedOnHeat. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.